Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Randy Couture. If you're out there looking for a great sports podcast, go check out Big Mouth Small Words. I think that says it all. At Big Mouth Small Words Podcast. And enjoy. Be well. Special shout out to my guy, Patrick Kearns, on his sports podcast called Big Mouth Small Words. What's up? This is Patrick Kearns. Forrest Griffin here, and I want to congratulate you on the success of your podcast, Big Mouth Small Words. It is celebrating its 100th episode. That is impressive. Dan Brown, uh, Carolina Panther, just wanted to say a big shout out to Big Mouth Small Words. What up, guys? It's John Suche, and I just want to give a shout out to the Big Mouth Small Words podcast in Boston. Thank you guys for your dedication and support, and go Pats. Big Mouth Small Words Podcast. The most must-hear podcast for all things sports. Check us out. Wow. <laughs> that sounded uh, very professional, baby. That sounded very professional. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to the most must-hear podcast. Big Mouth Small Words Podcast, baby. I got a lot of things in the works. I waited a few days. I've been so good about getting to you guys twice a week and I've been crushing it but I had some guests lined up I have Forrest Griffin lined up I had Ocho Cinco lined up and I'm just waiting <laughs> we got we're gonna get it we're gonna make it happen but I wanted the 100th episode to be special so I was waiting for a guest but you know what things gotta happen you guys are in quarantine you need to hear my voice you need me to get it going so we're gonna give you or I am gonna give you what you need and what you want and that's another episode here so we'll call this one uh, episode 99.9 <laughs> because even though it's the hundredth, it's not. So I was thinking, what am I going to talk about here? I was going to talk UFC 249, but I'm going to wait until I have a, a terrific guest or until I have to, because the event's going to happen. So what am I going to talk about? I'll tell you, I've been saying that Andy Dalton was going to go to the Patriots for a while now. I was I was letting everybody know. I was shouting it from the rooftops of, of everything. I was yelling it off of a mountain. And it looked so good. And even up until Saturday night, I did a live stream of a concert that I was doing acoustically. And I even the last words muttered out of my mouth were, Andy Dalton's going to be a Patriot. Not but two seconds later, I end this live stream to find out that the Red Rifle, some people are calling him the Red Rocket. None of them are calling him a good quarterback, but Andy Dalton is a, is a Dallas Cowboy. I, I, if I had a good yeehaw for you, I would do it. I should have a sound clip of one. I can't believe it. I can a little. I had thrown this scenario up to my friends, Ted, Colin, and Ian. We were talking about the Dalton situation. I said, what if the Cowboys, what if Jerry Jones, and by the way, only Jerry Jones would do something like this. He's got a quarterback that's pretty good. He's young. He's he's decent. I'm not I'm not calling Dak Prescott as like something amazingly special, but he's pretty good. And um my God, I mean, listen, they're underachievers for sure. The Cowboys have a decent um offense and, and an all right defense, and they should be better than they are every year, but they seem to find themselves always going out in the first round. So, I mean, I guess the logic to that is we can pay him way less. We can pay Dalton way less and we can get the same results, <laughs> which you know what? To all you Cowboys fans out there, 
you don't know what you're getting. You are, I've never in my life experienced things like this. I have talked to Philadelphia Flyers fans in hockey. I have dealt with Montreal Canadian fans. I have dealt with a lot. I've dealt with a lot of fans that I thought were awful. The Cowboys are close. The Cowboys fans are ridiculous. They are, they're of another world, man. I mean, they, they are really hammering me on this. And and I'm trying to tell you guys, when I see all these posts and all of you people sending me direct messages telling me that Andy Dalton, I don't understand. I don't understand the amount of times that people have told me that I don't understand about Andy freaking Dalton. Listen, I know everything about Andy freaking Dalton. He was supposed to be good for my Bengals. And I watched him every year crap down his legs. So don't tell me I don't know about Andy Dalton. I actually, this is a real thing. This is a real thing that ESPN posted saying the Dallas Cowboys have two elite franchise quarterbacks now. Do you want me to read you the numbers off of what ESPN posted? Because this is unfreaking believable. Like Andy Dalton, right? 133 games started, 237 passing yards per game. That's not terrible. It's whatever. 62% completion percentage is not good. 1.5 touchdown per game is not good. And a 0-4 and playoff record. How do you classify elite? Are you kidding me? And by the way, Dallas Cowboys fans, when you read those stats, do those make you feel better? Because if you want me to be honest with you, when you look at Dak Prescott, obviously he's got half the games. He's younger, but... He has more passing yards per game. He has a higher completion percentage per game. He has a higher touchdowns per game ratio, and he's won a freaking playoff game. And the other one that he's, the the few that he's lost, he's one and two in the playoffs. I don't even put so much on him. Andy Dalton was in direct correlation with the failure of what we had, the closest that we came. And when I say we, I mean the Bengals. The closest the Bengals came to winning a playoff game is when he got hurt and we had A.J. McCarron. So all of you people thinking that Dalton is your savior? <laughs> you idiots! I have one thing to say to you, and I can't say it as well as Chris Jericho, so I'm just going to give you this. You just made the list! You just made the freaking list. Unbelievable. All you people that think that Dalton should start over Dak Prescott, I have nothing for you. You're just awful people, and you don't know anything, and I hate you. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's true. So bad. But with thinking of this whole NFL quarterback situation with that, it got me also to thinking that maybe I should tell you who the better quarterbacks in each division are as I see it. Now, the NFL announced that the season schedule for 2020 is going to be released Thursday, May 7th at 8 o'clock. So they're acting like it's business as usual. I don't know how that's going to happen. I've been told. I have sources that have told me that it's not going to start when it should. But if they keep feeding me good news, I'm going to keep taking it because good news is hard to find. But I'm going to go over the NFL divisions of the West and the North both in the AFC and the NFC. And we're going to basically just talk about the quarterbacks and who I think is better. We'll start with the AFC West. Now, you've got, obviously, the Chiefs have got Mahomes. The Broncos have Drew Locke. The Chargers have 
Tyrod Taylor, Justin Herbert, however you want to put that there, saying Taylor's going to start, so we'll say Taylor. And the Raiders have Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota. Now, I'm not going to be doing this as a combination type deal, or maybe I will. I don't know. If I feel like it it justifies my argument, I will. So I'll tailor this to however it makes me feel better. <laughs> we'll figure it out. But with the AFC West, obviously, this is not a shock. The Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs have the best quarterback in the division. And it's because they have a great offense. Now, this could change, by the way, very quickly. They have a lot of people that their contracts are coming up. And Patrick Mahomes is going to have to get paid. So, I don't know how long this fairy tale is going to last. But for now, it stays the way it is. And Mahomes is one. Number two, though. Do I go the Raiders? Do I go with Derek Carr? Do I go with Tyrod Taylor with the Chargers? Do I go with Drew Locke, the Broncos? It's kind of close. But in a way, I have to go Broncos at number two. I have to go Drew Locke because I look at what he did with Sutton. I look at what he did with Fant. I look at the pieces that he had. You add Melvin Gordon next to Philip Lindsay now. You add that they took receivers in the draft, and I just feel like, they are primed to explode. I like that Drew Locke is not afraid to make decisions. He feels the pressure well, and he makes most of the throws, and that's why he's number two on this list. Number three, I have as Derek Carr because he's experienced. He's been there. They got a nice new stadium. He's going to have to at least throw a couple touchdowns to put asses in seats. So the Raiders are going to take the third. And the Chargers are at four. And like I said, this can all change in an instant. I mean, if it's Tyrod Taylor, it won't. Tyrod Taylor should be at the bottom. I'm sorry. You haven't had a job for a while for a reason. You're not that great. And you're older. But, hey, Justin Herbert, he, he could come out next year and, and start lighting the world on fire. He could come in in week five and start crushing it. So... As of right now, how I have it in the AFC West, I think the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, number one, the Broncos and Drew Locke at two, the Raiders and Derek Carr and Mariota at three, and then the Chargers with Tyrod Taylor and Herbert are at four. From the AFC West, we go to the NFC West. This is an interesting one, and I know people are not probably going to like what I'm saying with this. Number one here is uh, to me it's not debatable. If you talk to 49er fans, it's very debatable, but they're wrong. I'm sorry to tell you guys. Russell Wilson has been he is on this list number 1 and he has been number 1. This dude since coming into the league has been absolutely crushing it and last year was one of the best performances I've ever seen. The, the Seahawks had no business flirting with the playoffs. They had no business almost winning and and it's just honest to God, it's it's insane that they were even in the position that they were in. He was playing so well with nothing around him. For the love of God, get this man offensive line help. <laughs> but yeah, Russell Wilson's unbelievable, and he's number one on this list. Number two is obviously Jimmy Garoppolo for the 49ers. Eh, nope, it's not. Number two is Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Yep. I know, should have had a sound drop there because people are probably upset punching steering wheels. But I think it's Kyler Murray. When you get DeAndre Hopkins, widely known as one of the best wide receivers in the game, if not the best, 
and you match him with Larry Fitzgerald, who has all that experience, and Kyler had a whole year with him, and then you've got Kenyon Drake with the running game. You've got a couple other guys. I like Josh Jones, the offensive tackle that they took from Houston in the third round. I like what they're doing there, and I feel like Kyler has more big play ability than Jimmy Garoppolo. I love Jimmy Garoppolo. I I think he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's great, and he lost Emmanuel Sanders. I know they just drafted a guy, but they're not going to have an offseason to work out, and it's just there's only so much George Kittle can do, okay? So you lose Goodwin, and I really feel like Garoppolo is going to hurt because they can only run the ball so much. So Kyler Murray's at two for me. Jimmy Garoppolo's at three. And that leaves poor old Jared Goff at number four with the Rams. I'm sorry to tell you, bud, but you lost Zach Taylor as your coach, your quarterback coach, and that killed you. For some reason, you can't do anything now. You were horrible last year. You were forcing it to Robert Woods. You don't have Brandon Cooks anymore. I just don't, I don't love what they have there. They lost Gurley. They lost a lot of offensive weapons and Goff just didn't look great anyway. So with the NFC West, you got the Seahawks and Russell Wilson at one. You got the Cardinals and Kyler Murray at two. You got the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo at three, and you've got the Rams and Jared Goff at number four. Plus you lost points for your logo. So trash. Anyway, (laughs) so then you've got the NFC North. And here's the thing. I know for a fact that none of you are going to have the same list as me. (laughs) There's no doubt about it because I would assume that most people have the Packers and Aaron Rodgers at one. But I don't. That's right. Here at Big Mouth Small Words, we are not advocates of dudes that like to hike the ball and then do a little shuffle, do a little dance. I should have a clip of Trailer Park Boys with Leahy. You want a little Jim Leahy show? You want a little Aaron Rodgers show? No, you are the most overrated quarterback, maybe of all time, Aaron Rodgers. Everyone loves this guy. I get in a fight with Ted McDonald about this every other day, but he's overrated. And he's not going to be the best. You know why? Because I've heard the argument here where, oh, Tom Brady got so much better because he had Jimmy Garoppolo pushing him. to. And I'm sure that the Packers were thinking, we got Jordan Love and then Rodgers is going to do the same thing. The only problem is Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a set. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have drive. Aaron Rodgers doesn't know how to be a team player and put the team first because he's too busy with him and himself. So anyway, it's not Aaron Rodgers. Number one, Ted, I hope you're listening. Because number one, the best quarterback in the division <laughs> for the NFC North is going to be Kirk freaking Cousins. <laughs> Kirk Cousins from the Vikings is going to be number one. And the reason is because he's got Thielen. He's got Rudolph, who he trusts. He's got a good running game. And he listen, they got Justin Jefferson. I wanted the Eagles so bad to get Justin Jefferson, but they didn't. The Vikings got him. Colin called that pick. And I just think that he's going to throw a bunch of passes and it's going to work out. So I'm going Cousins at number one. Number two, obviously, is going to be Aaron Rodgers. But then again, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't even number two. Because you want to know who number two is? Matthew Stafford and the Lions. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, dude. That's right. I'm going Matt Stafford. I'm going with freaking Matt Stafford to be better than Aaron Rodgers because I think that Rodgers has no spine and he's going to blow it this year. Now, I have a reason, so don't don't jump down my throat just yet. I know I can I can feel the hate already. I can feel it, and I do love it. But here's the thing. Matthew Stafford's got Kenny Galladay. He's got Marvin Jones. He's got some weapons. Obviously, the offensive line is a problem, but getting DeAndre Swift in that, oh, getting DeAndre Swift in round number two, buddy, that is going to for sure help. They shirt up. They got two guards in round three and four. I like what they did. I like what they did in the draft, and I think that it's going to pay dividends. I'm not telling you that the Lions are going to have a better record than the Packers because they won't. It's not going to happen that way. What I'm saying to you is as far as quarterback play, I think that Stafford is going to be just a little bit better than Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers, are you the third best in the division? Are you the third best in the division? Yes. You Sorry, I did the sound clip again. But yeah, he is going to be number three because he's Aaron Rodgers. He'll figure it out. Number four, I only, by the way, I only have the Bears in last on this because I don't, I don't have faith that they're going to actually start Foles. Now, they've got Trubisky. If Trubisky starts, he's trash and he's going to be last. If Foles starts, this list could change. If Foles starts, I'd put him at two if he could stay healthy. But I don't know all that, and I'm going off of what I believe will happen. So I'll say... Let, just to recap it for you, <laughs> so you guys can have the sound clip for when I'm right. Kirk Cousins at number one with the Vikings. Number two is the Lions with Stafford. Number three is the Packers with Rodgers. And number four is the Bears with Trubisky slash Foles. And then we got to go to the AFC North. The AFC North. You know I love that. This list is actually pretty easy. And once again, I think people are going to kind of hate on me for this, but I just have to tell it how I think it's going to happen. Number one, you're not getting a sound clip. Number one is Lamar Jackson. He's just a beast. And the Ravens are top of that division. And I can't say that they're going to fall off. They're just, they're the way they're running that thing right now, it's a well-oiled machine and they're crushing it. So, I can't hate on that. This next one is, honest to God, this one was the hardest one for me to figure out because you've got Joe Burrow, who's walking into a new situation. Obviously, he has all the talent in the world, but I don't know how well that's going to translate in year one of his journey. Then you've got Baker Mayfield with the Browns. And he has Odell Beckham. He has Jarvis Landry. He's got Nick Chubb in the running game. He's got David Njoku and Austin Hooper. So he's got a whole bunch of people that he can throw the ball to. But then again, if I go back to Burrow, you got A.J. Green. You drafted T. Higgins. You got John Ross. You got Auden Tate. You've got C.J. Uzama mixing in the backfield. These are all huge, big-time weapons. And then you got Big Ben, who, if he's healthy, and I'm going to say it again so that you can hear me, if he is healthy, he's a problem. But when's he been healthy? I, I look at the dude and I'm like, who's this homeless guy? I don't, I'm sorry. I look at him and I'm like, 
this dude looks like he's been through some shit and I don't, I have no faith in him. So here's where the list goes. You've got Lamar Jackson at one with the Ravens. It is really, 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 really tough for me to pick Baker Mayfield. And I'm not going to. I'm going to go Joe Burrow. And that could smash me in the face. This could be, this one, I'm going to let you know, I'm picking it with my heart. Because, I, you know, I just watched what Baker did last year. And the Browns tried so hard this year to make up for it. They get him the offensive line help that he needs. They get Jack Conklin in free agency. They get him Austin Hooper. They do... All these things to make Baker Mayfield better because they need to, because they know that he is fragile. In the beginning, he has this persona and he always oh, running his mouth and oh, Baker Mayfield's this or that. Where'd all that swag go, dude, when you got smacked up? Because you know what they did last year? They got you OBJ because they were like, we need to do something for this guy. We need to, we need to put, give him all these weapons. You had Nick Chubb, you had Landry, you had enough, you had Njoku. So I'm I'm putting Burrow at two because I think he has a, a crazy amount of weapons, and I just think that I think he has a set. I think that Burrow is not afraid of the moment, and I think he's going to figure it out. If he doesn't, it's fine. Because honestly, this is a really tough one. It Baker Mayfield and Burrow, you could go two, three on that. So easy you could flip that. So Whatever. I'll, you know what? You know what I'll do? I'll tie him at two. I'll tie him at two because it's my show and I can do that. Number four is, is just Ben Roethlisberger. He's, he's in the basement. And it's not, listen, if you're going with the most accomplished quarterback, he is. He's the man. But I think he's old. I think he's out of shape. And I think he's done. And Schuster's already talking about wanting to leave the Steelers anyway. So... I think they're just in trouble. I think the Steelers are in for a world of hurt after being dominant for a long time. So to recap, we have Lamar Jackson and the Ravens at one. We have Burrow and the Bengals and Mayfield and the Browns tied at two. And then we have Steelers and Big Ben in four. And Steelers fans, you better get used to hearing that because four is where you're going to be. I know a lot of people want to overhype you and a lot of people want to overrate you. But not me, not here, not not on this show. So that's that. I will probably come back to this segment and do my other quarterbacks at some other time. I don't know when. There are a couple of random thoughts I'm going to shoot off just randomly, things I might talk about at another time. The Undertaker's doing a documentary series. I know not a lot of people are, are huge into wrestling, but it's a really cool concept. The Undertaker, obviously, if... You're in my age group. I'm, I'm 31 years old. You, you know The Undertaker. You hear the bell. Everyone, even if you don't like wrestling, you know what The Undertaker is. He thought he was going to retire in 2017, and he started a documentary series of this is the last year I'm going to fight. That turns into 18. That turns into 19. That turns into 20. They have all this footage of injuries, what he was going through in his life, what he was thinking about the right ending to the career, and... I really think that you guys should give it a chance. When it comes on the WWE Network, I think it's going to be legit, and I think it's going to be worth watching. Another thing, Vince McMahon has talked about selling the WWE to potentially ESPN. 
which would be crazy. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't love it. If it's one of those things where he sells and he's doing it like Dana White sold the UFC and he still has creative control and then that goes to Triple H, that's fine. But uh, yeah, those are my random thoughts. I'm going to end the podcast on that. I just had to give you a podcast episode just so you could hear my voice and we can we can keep this train rolling because I'm going to get very serious about this thing. Not that I, I haven't already. I'm definitely serious about this, but I appreciate all the support. Um, it means a lot, you know, Forrest Griffin, Randy Couture, Chad Johnson. Uh, there's a lot of people that I could thank, but, you know, once I start getting these guests on, we can really start getting this going and, and hopefully take this thing to the next level. So if you've already been sharing me and liking me, thank you so much. Keep doing it. Keep pounding. Keep making this better. And I'm going to give you more. I'm going to give you shirts and hats. And I will even, listen, for the UFC 249 pay-per-view, I'm going to be putting on my Instagram, you got to check it out, because I'm going to be having my $100 MMA giveaway. I'm going to pick certain fights from the card, and if you pick all of them correctly, and you tag people in the post, and you follow at Big Mouth Small Words Podcast, you might get yourself 100 bucks. So that's exciting. And hopefully I'll have Forrest Griffin on uh, later in this week. We'll talk about the UFC 249 fight card. There is a lot to talk about with that card. There's so many good fights on that. It's going to be it's going to be so good. And plus, we've all been starved for sports. <laughs> like we've all been needing and wanting those like sports to happen. So, to have Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje to have Henry Cejudo versus Dominique Cruz, to have Francis Ngannou in a... Like, it's just... The list goes on. So we will for sure be talking about that. I'll either have Forrest on or it'll just be me. Either way, we're going to talk. It's going to be awesome. So this is the end of the podcast. As I normally say, if you haven't already, check out at Big Mouth Small Words Podcast. We got a lot in the works. I really appreciate the support. Let's keep it going, baby. I love y'all. Stay safe.